Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Joey Pachan. It's Joey coming to talk all things entertainment, including movies, television, streaming, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, I said, last week we said we were going to do a movie of 1995, or a be- one of the best of 1995. Uh, but we're postponing on that because we have some very, very big stuff planned for the month of September. It's going to be great. But... Uh, for right now, we decided to look at a. You know, we're not going to completely abandon it. We are looking at a '95 movie, just not one of the ones we were intending to look at, and that is the 1995 film Showgirls, which we have a lot to say about. Oh yeah. But for right now, uh, before we get to that, we got to get to our other segment. First of which is trailer talk. Uh, first trailer we're talking about is for. I want to say this is this is going to Netflix. Uh, bad hair. Oh, Hulu. I'm sorry. We're going to Hulu. Bad hair. Uh, bad hair is a horror film centered around, well, black women's hair, which is like a very like, cultural. It's like a very like culturally and culturally ingrained subject. Uh, stars include Lena Waithe, Vanessa Williams, uh, Laverne Cox, James Vanderbeek, Blair Underwood, who I haven't seen in forever. Like, yeah. Uh, and uh, of course. Which it's one of the it's, it's one of the Destiny's Children. I think I think it's Kelly Rowland. It is Kelly Rowland. Kelly Rowland, yeah. Uh, so Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Bad Hair? Interesting. Uh, something different for sure. Um, and it really doesn't give you too too much. Like you're kind of wanting a little bit more. But um, I like the timing of this release on Hulu. Kind of like a week before outside of Halloween. Um, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Yeah, no, me too. I think it, I think it looks interesting enough. Uh, kind of some some antebellum some antebellum vibes, some in va- in fabric vibes. You know the A twenty four horror film from, I believe last yeah last year, which is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and you're not gonna get this, this kind of talent with something that's not at least semi unique. So I I, I, have a, I have a good feeling about this one. And that is set for a Hulu release. Give me just one second. Bad hair. October twenty third. Twenty third, yeah. So right before Halloween. Uh, next year we're talking about is one that doesn't look nearly as interesting. I think we can both agree that is. You know where I'm going with this? The War with Grandpa. Part of the Grandpa trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Bad Grandpa. <laughs> then he got. Re- then Jared also got recast with Jared Daniel for Dirty Grandpa. And now we have yeah. the War with Grandpa. There you have it. Uh. Uh, this <laughs> it's about a boy who is forced to give up his room to his grandfather. To his grandfather, played by Robert De Niro, of all people, who devises a series of pranks to try and get him to move out. Uh, directed by Tim Hill, who did uh, you know, such classic Muppets from Space, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and Max Killed Big Move, and of course Hop. Uh, and the stars, like I said, Robert De Niro also stars Uma Thurman. Who I haven't seen in a movie in forever. <laughs> Who has not been in anything. I, I wonder what the uh, wonder what really intrigued her with the war with Grandpa to bring her back out in yeah. the limelight. The war with yeah Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, Christopher Walken. We got a Deer Hunter reunion in this movie. Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin, Rob Riggle, Jane Seymour, Faison. This, this has like a really talented cast for the kind of movie this is. For explain this, Russell. Yeah. Explain I, this. I, I can't. I, I literally can't explain it. Um, I don't understand. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. This movie doesn't look very good. I mean, it's going to have that stupid humor. 
which I'll be intrigued enough to see just because, I mean, there'll be, there'll be laughs in it, but I don't think like the, the story is just, is, is really like kind of stupid. Like just, just, all right, here, take your room back. Not a big deal. Done deal. End of movie. You know, like, I don't know. It, it's, uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why everybody signed on for this. And I don't know why Robert De Niro, like, like this is, this is not real. This is not real. Robert De Niro fighting Dennis the Menace? No, no. Yeah. This, this he owes somebody money. He owes on taxes. This is a bet. This is a dare. Yeah. But this is not know. real. It, it can't be. Like, Robert, you, you were literally just in a Best Picture nominee last year, and you're doing this? What is wrong with you? Something with the grandpa, man. I'm telling you, he's going to make a trilogy of the grandpa movies. Like, Robert, man, Robert, you you can say no. You're Robert De Niro. You can say no. You don't have to work. Yeah, just, just wait for Scorsese to come out with another film. Yeah. I'm sure he'll call you. I think he's going to be in the next Scorsese film. <laughs> like, See? And there you have it. Done. Yeah, like, dude, you, 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 can, you have the ability to say, fuck you, I'm not doing this. Like, why? Unless, why, buddy? Unless... Co- Unless COVID hit him hard, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you really need the paycheck. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you're into this, uh, this comes out October eighth, twenty twenty. Sorry, October 9th, twenty twenty. Day after, probably gonna be a VOD for some kind of release. I'm not sure where it's gonna land, but it's gonna land somewhere. Uh, yeah, and that's and Rob, by line, Robert De Niro. Just say no. Just say no. <laughs> Uh, next era we're talking about is for uh, one I think actually looks really good. This the secrets we keep. Uh, the secrets we keep is a film starring. Uh, it stars Na- N- Numi Rapace. I almost said Naomi Rapace. No, it's Numi Rapace from. Uh, she was the original girl's dragon tattoo. She was in Prometheus. Uh, st- uh, starring as a woman who captures a man who she's convinced did some very unspeakable acts to her way way back when, played by Joe Kinnaman. Although let's be real, you don't need that much of an, you don't you don't need much of an excuse to want to beat up Joel Kinnaman. I mean, let's, let's go. <laughs> Ro- RoboCop, uh, Suicide Squad. There you. That 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 enough that that alone does make me want to kidnap Joel Kinnaman and beat him up. But uh, what did you think of this movie, Russ? What, what did you think of this trailer? Not bad. Kind of what you said. Um, that whole World War II, like trying to get revenge on somebody who's done you, you know, you know, wrong or hurt and hurt you in the past. I think it's kind of um, intriguing enough. Um, we don't get too too much about it. Um, it. It makes you want more. But yeah, I, I'm on board with it. I think it looks okay. Um, it's one of those ones that it's going to be. This one's going to fly under the radar. I think it's going to be one of those types of films. Yeah, it looks it looks to me like there's, there's a movie called Death. Called Death and the Maiden, where it's a similar premise okay. like this, like like uh, Sigourney Weaver, her husband brings over uh, a, a guest for dinner, who she's convinced is a guy that sexually assaulted her a few years earlier. So like he kidnaps him and does like shit like this. Like reminds me of that. And that's a good okay. and that's a good movie. Like Roman Polanski directed that, and it's it's, it's actually really good. That's the like one that was like World War Two. Uh, ben Kingsley was yeah, there. Ben, yeah, Ben uh, Kingsley's the guy she kidnaps. What, or what was it called? Project was it Death and the Maiden. No, no, no. There was another one uh, that he was in. He plays like a um, uh, was it was it was it Ben Kingsley? He kid they kidnapped somebody. It came out like last year or the year before last. It, it's one of those World War Two films. He was like a general or something like that. I can't. I can't. I don't know. I can't think of anything Ben Kingsley's been in the past couple now, years. But now, now I gotta look it up because I'm. I literally I just bought it. I think because uh, they had like a 
big um, fire sale here at this one uh, video store where I buy movies. Um, it literally just came out. Um, Operation Finale. Oh, right. Is that what, that's, that what that's about? I didn't see it. Yeah, it's basically like a general that they, uh, I mean, in, in like, I guess in like a, you know, Cliff Notes version of the film here, I'll, I'll read it. Just, I'll read the, it's um, a team of secret agents set out to track down the Nazi officer who masterminded the Holocaust. Pretty interesting film. It was uh, kind of like a, you know, fly under the radar type film. Not a lot of uh, people really talked about it, but it was, it was a well, well put together film. And yeah, not a lot of people saw it. Oh uh, well, either either way, uh, I, I, I think this looks interesting enough that I'll check it out. Set for a limited release on September sixteenth, with a video on demand release October sixteenth. So, yeah, make sure that keep a lookout for it. And last one we're talking about, one that I'm probably the most interested of anything we're talking about today, that is the Devil All the Time. So, the Devil All the Time is a upcoming thriller. Uh, it's about a, it's it takes place in Ohio and it's it's about the the, the sinister goings on in this town mainly by an unholy preacher played by uh, Robert Pattinson, a twisted couple played by Jason Clark and Ryan Keough, and a crooked sheriff played by Sebastian Stan, who was supposed to be played by Chris Evans. Uh, and uh, you know it's it's follows uh, Arvin Russell, played by Tom Holland, as he tries to fight the evil forces that threaten him and his family. Uh, like I said, uh, cast features Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, who plays Tom Holland's dad, Riley Keough, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, Haley Bennett, Lydia Scanlon, Robert Pattinson, and Mia Wasikowska. And it's directed by... Ant- they really wanted you to know, so directed by Antonio, Cam- Antonio Campos. <laughs> like, uh, he di- who's directed really nothing... Okay, he directed an episode of The Punisher, I saw, but uh, nothing... No, no, I didn't see any, any of his movies. But, Russell, what do yeah. you think of the trailer for Devil all the time? I got, like, A24 vibes off of this film. I think this easily could have been an A24 uh, production-type film. Sure. Um, yeah, it's this is a big release for Netflix. I think this is... Um, you know, anytime you put obviously Robert Pattinson, obviously with you know Jason Clark and just like you know the barrage of actors and actresses that you talked about, I think the film looks really good. And I, um, you know, I'm kind of interested. I'm intrigued enough, I would say, out of the four trailers, this was the one that really got me more excited to go see this. You know, to see that want to see this film. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, this is a huge this is a huge win for Netflix, and um, it's coming out super soon. So uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this. Yeah, coming out September 16th. So yeah, definitely gonna check that out when it drops. And yeah, you too can check it out September 16th on Netflix, like I said. So that's going to do it for our trailer segment. We now move on to Notorious News. Uh, first thing we're looking at is, uh, well, we have another COVID delay. Well, not delay, just a re- repositioning. Because Ran, uh, oh, I cannot remember the director's name. I feel really bad. The guy I did searching. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I got nothing right now. Well, this, oh, this is this is embarrassing. Uh, but anyways, it's like it's like Anish Changanti or something like that. And if that's not it. I'm sorry. Cause it's, okay, it's some it's something like that. And I can't find and oh. I can't find it anywhere because it keeps coming up other movies. Yeah, you're you're right. Anish Changanti, you got it. Anish Changanti. Okay, cool. It, that, that is his follow up to Searching, which I mean, we both you and I really really enjoyed. Oh yeah. Uh, and this and this is one. Uh, in in this movie, it's looking 
we talked about the trailer when we dropped a few months back when it was actually going to go to theaters. Uh, but it's about, it looks like the interplay between a mother and daughter, the daughter being paralyzed, but maybe, maybe she's not. Maybe there's some, some sinister goings on in this house. We don't know. But it landed at Hulu. Uh, Sarah Paulson stars as the mother. And uh, yeah, I mean, in the age we live in now where, you know, you got to try and. You got to try and release movies how you can. I think I feel like it's a good pickup for Hulu, and not to mention the fact that they they won a massive bidding war to get this film. Yeah, I mean, we are in completely different times where it's kind of unprecedented of what we're doing right now. Um, as we slowly are getting a, you know, the, I think the Regal up here opens this coming Friday again. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that? Uh, and you have to, yeah, like kind of how you said, you have to release it based upon what, you know, what's going on. Like, you can't just wait, you know, you have to kind of, you want to get your work out there. And uh, streaming services are huge during this pandemic, so uh makes sense. Yeah, and uh, again, I, it's one that you can easily recoup when yeah. going straight to streaming just because probably, again, didn't cost a whole lot. Movies like, movies like this, where they're not like massive as like 200 million dollar movies those had the yeah. best chance of like really breaking big on like vod or streaming services so good for them you know they get they uh yeah they got they got a good thing going for them and yeah uh Rand set for a hulu release uh they haven't announced i don't, I don't think they've actually given a date yet but yeah keep uh if you're excited for Rand like i like i was uh you can see that on hulu very soon uh, speaking of streaming, uh, we have some massive news concerning Netflix. First of which is uh, Chris D'Elia, who has been re- who was recently we found out he was a sexual sexual offender. Uh, it was announced that he well he was going to be in Zack Snyder's latest film Army of the Dead, but in a shocking reveal, he has been recast. Uh, and even more uh, shocking, <laughs> even more shocking uh, development. He's been recast by Tig Natero of all people. Uh, you recognize her from her stand-up comedy or from her role in Instant Family. I'm not sure why, but I mean, cool on her. But it's interesting because that, this movie's already done. It's been finished forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crazy. But yeah, uh, apparently she's going to be recast via, you know, like via some some reshoots. Let me find the story right here. Yeah, uh, she'll be inserted in the film through a combination of reshooting scenes opposite an acting partner and also just using green screen to insert her into the scene. So, I mean, let me just say, first of all, uh, good on good on everyone at Netflix that were involved in this production for, you know, having, you know, being able to pull a Ridley Scott maneuver, as we <laughs> I think we should call it now, where you're just replacing all an actor. All the money in the world, absolutely. Yeah, replacing an actor is problematic in a movie. So good, good on them for trying it. I'm very curious on how this is gonna look, cause now I'm, now I'm even more curious. To check this out because oh, I'm not gonna lie, I had very little interest in this film. I mean, not very little. I, I was looking forward to it to an extent, cause I mean, I want to see what Zack Snyder does post all his bad DC movies. Um, but yeah, now I now I want to see how this all how this really all comes together. Russell, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. Um, and then Chris Dillio, it's kind of crazy because he was in the um second season of you um where he actually played a person who was kind of creeping on younger a younger you know younger children which was kind of weird and yeah and we, we've seen how that blew up like i i don't know if you read the thing about it or you didn't watch you season two did you i haven't i haven't even seen you season one like i haven't gotten into that oh yet. man yeah let's see i watched stuff like that but the mandalorian yeah anyway 
Um, but yeah, he played like, I guess a person who like had interest in like younger women or whatever. So then that's when like all this kind of started the ball rolling and like all this stuff started blowing up, like pictures of like messages that he was sending people and vice versa and stuff. It was just kind of weird, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess kudos to them for, you know, getting that stuff straightened out and we'll see if the uh, Ridley Scott method of, uh, hurrying up and doing some reshoots, uh, warrants a, uh, you know, a pretty good product in the end. Yeah, no one one is going to release yet, but be on the lookout, and I will definitely, definitely see how this turns out in the, in the end. Because I want to see if it's like incredibly noticeable or not. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Netflix, ooh, Netflix, they are in some massive trouble. Actually, before we go back to that, I would want to say I wonder if they're. I wonder if you could do. Actually, no, because it'd be way harder to replace Ansel Elgort West Side Story, right? Because he's the lead. Yeah. Oh, that that fucking produ- that fucking production, man. Like here's Steven Spielberg who had like this pro this property that he wanted to make so badly, but then he found then after he finished it and it was ready, found out one of his main stars is an asshole. Actually, yeah, no, the main star is an asshole because he's like the guy. But yeah, I mean, it's I, w- I do wonder how that movie's gonna turn out because you finished it, you got to put it out, but yeah, that movie's gonna have some, I mean- some, some stink on it when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, or either that or, you know, I would doubt, especially with the movie being, you're exactly how you said, the main character. That'd be a ton of money to redo all that. And yeah, there's no way that they would. I think they're just going to release it. Or not. Maybe, 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 maybe it won't come out, which would suck for Rachel Ziegler, who got her big, you know, her big break working with Spielberg and all. But hey, it's, it, this, this, this is, this is what happens. And it sucks. And, you know, Hearts out to the, the production crew and the women behind this story. Uh, well, like I said, speaking of Netflix, they're also in, they're also in some hot water over another property because uh, word came out that uh, well, it was announced a while back that they were going to do a live action adaptation of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and the big selling point was that the creators of the original show were coming back to do this. Uh, hold the hold that thought because. <laughs> Yeah, it is announced that the show that the creators have exited the show over the very famed creative differences. Of course. Now I'm a, of course. Now, as someone who watched Avatar, the original the original show, I haven't seen Korra yet. I'm sure it's good. I just haven't gotten into it yet. Um, I do th- again. This is this is what got me excited: the fact that oh, like, because I do think I don't think like you like Avatar is a property you can't do in live action because you absolutely could. And it can translate to it can translate extremely well to live action. On top of that, um, but again, I think that having these guys do it was, I think that was a good selling point for it because, yeah, I mean they made it work, so why not give, give them a chance to do it again, especially after they have like extremely limited involvement with the Shyamalan project. But yeah, I I think that this exit it's, it's a bummer, man, and I do wonder like where this came from because. You would assume that first of all, you had these guys create like a massively successful show that people still love, and just got on Netflix and was a huge hit on Netflix. You would assume yeah. that you would let them like work, right? I mean, you would think so. But yeah, I mean, do you think that do you think Netflix needed just to give them free reign and do whatever they wanted, or do you think that Netflix is in the right here? Uh, no, I, I, I think if, you know, you have something that's obviously a hit, I mean, I think you just need to kind of just let it, let it play itself out. You know what I mean? 
And uh, I mean, that's a huge hit for Netflix, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure these guys knew what they're doing. I, I, they exited probably because something that you know they didn't feel was right or authentic to the property that they're trying to do. So I mean, I would assume that they're yeah they're in the know about it. So you know, I don't know. Well, and and also like they were really really trying to get this get this casting right because you know yeah. the movie got a lot of heat for you know changing up the races of actors and characters. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's something they wanted to try to avoid. Maybe Netflix was like trying to do a time crunch. When you looked up the show, like the up like the upcoming thing on Netflix, like it said the release it said like the release date was supposed to be this year. So that's okay. probably that's probably not gonna happen now. No, but, no way. I mean, look, hopefully they'll get someone who can do a good job with this property. I.e. not Shyamalan. Just some somebody. <laughs> uh and the uh, last Netflix story we're talking about right now is the fact that The Crown has locked down their Princess Die for seasons four and five, which will be the last two, in one Mrs. Elizabeth DeBecky. She'll be playing Princess Diana, and yeah, she actually does kind of have that kind of Princess Die look. Uh, now, I will say, I think she's someone who's kind of like emerged in the past couple, in the past couple of years. Like, she was in Guardians 2. She was in Widows, which she's excellent in. She has other projects. Oh, she's gonna be in the Christopher Nolan gonna the Chris, the, the the Nolan movie that lost to COVID, at least in the states. <laughs> Tenant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm now I'm assuming you don't watch The Crown, and I'm correct. You don't have to tell me. Um, I know I'm right. You would absolutely be correct. But I do watch The Crown. I do think that this is a good. They've they've really matched the casting for the show. Whether it was Claire Foy in the first couple seasons, then. Or uh, John Lithgow, who was actually like a really good Churchill, to uh, Helen Bum Carter, to um, crap, what's the uh, Olivia uh, Olivia Coleman as older queen, uh, the older queen. I do think they got a really good casting thing down. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see her, Prince Diana. Uh, so that's gonna do it for our uh, net, our streaming stories. But we ha- we have some movie stories to talk about. First of which is this is a shocking one for my friend reasons. Uh, net. Amazon is going to be doing a Dead Ringers series. Remember Dead Ringers? Remember where Jeremy Irons played Twins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're doing that. But even more, even more coincidentally, they have an executive producer and star in the form of Miss Rachel Vice. So, Russell, we're going to get two Rachel Vices on the same screen. Are you excited? Two for the two for the Weiss of one. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I went there with that one. Um, you went there. You absolutely went there. <laughs> yeah, it's a little little shocking. Definitely would never have pictured that, but uh, okay. I mean, she's a great actress, so I always like to see what she does. So, I mean, sure. I mean, I want to see her play twins. I want to see her like really, really touch her acting muscles because I mean, she's. I mean, she hasn't like gone away, but she hasn't really like had any, any like massive massive role in the past couple of years. I mean, the favorite's probably the best she's she's been in a while. And she's excellent in that film. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that. I'd say, what? Well, obviously, Constant Gardner, they got her Oscar, but uh, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's been a little under the radar, and I kind of want to see her come back because I, I like Rachel Weiss a lot. Yeah, no, she's terrific. Yeah, so uh, Dead Ringers coming to Amazon. They're, they're doing a lot to get some really, really big actors, big actors on their side. And I can't wait. She, they got Julie Roberts, and they got Rachel Weiss, and we'll see when that comes out. Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone crossed a billion dollars 
nearly 20 years after its initial release. Yeah, uh, this movie uh, came back to China because theaters there are now open and it got a massive boost, so much so that it propelled its box office to a billion dollars. Which is crazy because like, it was always right there. It's, it's, it's nuts to think that I mean, billion, dollars, billion dollar movies are pretty common nowadays, but to think like back in the 2000s, it was, it was rare. It was extremely rare. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think we've we've had this discussion before. It's like it's more of a commonplace now, where you get a lot of billion dollar you know blockbusters and stuff like that. And look at every every Marvel movie, pretty much is set pretty much guaranteed to either you know skim or pretty much dominate over a billion dollars. So, yeah, and back in the two thousands and even in the late like nineties, with you know obviously like Independence Day and big films like that, um, even like Jurassic Park and stuff. Um, yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's not as special as it used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I do. I do think that if Harry Potter, if the franchise was made like today, like I think I think every single one of them would be, would be a billion dollar movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it just kind of shows like the just kind of shows like how different the landscape of box office is now, and just like you know the importance of you know overseas markets. You know, word of word of mouth, just like how how important the opening weekend is. It's it's really just a showcase of how, like I said, how the landscape of the box office has changed in the past couple of years. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Congratulations sure. to Harry Potter. I think that makes. I want to say that makes it the only. I think it's only like the second Harry Potter movie to be over a billion dollars. But I think the thing that you know to kind of just kind of connect all that in. I think the thing that we. Didn't see back then, like, I'll, I'll take for case, case in point, um, Titanic. Look at how the longevity of that is because we didn't have all these movies that were, like, they're competing with it like we do now. You know what I mean? Oh, um, no. This movie and... stayed, what, 16 weeks at number one until, what, uh, you know, the Lost in Space, really, was the one that the dethroned was that you know, re- um, Was that really Titanic? the one that, de- that dethroned it? Yeah. I mean, like... Nowadays, you would never see a film go number one that long. You just, you just, you just don't because of the fact there's just so much competition out there with uh, you know movie industries trying to put their film in and everybody waiting and strategically play, placement of when we're going to release our film. Somebody releases here, oh well, we're going to reschedule and put it here because they want to make money off of it. So it's more of a chess game now as opposed to like I said in '97 when Titanic came out, there was nothing, there was nothing competing with it. Well, this movie, yeah. you know. And it's a thing where, like, Four months. I, mean, Crazy. I, I thought about this, like, to like other friends behind the scenes. Like, the thing where, like, there were so few, like, event movies back yeah. in, like, the 90s, 2000s, whereas, like, now there's, like, an event movie, like, maybe every, what, three weeks? And that's the thing. And, 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 and yeah. And, and I guess because, like, I was around for both, you know what I mean? I, I think it, it to me, it, it does lose the magic of that, you know what I mean? Because you're seeing big blockbuster after big, you know, big blockbuster, you know, repeat, repeat, repeat every summer. And then, a big one coming in the fall, a couple in the fall, you know, and, and like right around Christmas time to get the extra money. Um, and then it's, you know, dies down and obviously spring print, you know, picks it back up the same thing. It's just like a, you know, a vicious cycle for Hollywood, but yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, you didn't have that back in the nineties. Like there was like, you know, independence day was like the huge hit, you know, and they were like, what, well, you know, and that was, you know, that was pretty much it. You know, you had the, you looked forward to the summer because there was, you know, there was going to be like one or two blockbusters, you know, now every other week how you said yeah so it's it's, it's a really it's a big commentary on how the yeah. landscape of, of filmmaking and just like releasing movies has changed in the past absolutely years but either, but either way congratulations on the harry potter team and congratulations on chris columbus because now he has a billion dollar movie under his belt 
Like, it doesn't matter what he does the rest of his career. He'll always have at least one film that made a billion dollars. Yeah. And it's amazing that with the release and the re-releases of Home Alone hasn't pushed it up there yet. Well, where, where is Home Alone? I'm curious. What's, what's Home Alone's got to be up there, man. Well, because that was, that was in theaters for like forever. I think, it was, I think it was number one for like 12 straight weeks. But they're putting these other movies. Well, I mean, again, you know, they're doing the you know instant classics and stuff like that because I know Regal's releasing a bunch of like. Uh, oh yeah, Home, Home Alone's yeah. not even close. Really? No, a total box office of Home Alone as of as of right now, four hundred seventy six point seven million dollars. That is that is that is mind blowing. Yeah. Wow, I thought for sure that'd be up really high. It's a it was okay. a ma- it was a massive hit, but yeah, it, it had to be. It, it's gonna be a while before that even touches a billion dollars. Yeah, it's okay. Never mind. I thought that was a lot higher. That's actually kind of disappointing. <laughs> uh, God, it's crazy to think that 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 nowadays is disappointing. It's considered disappointing. Oh, I mean, I mean, just I mean, because you you know the movie no, I know because, Alexa, oh, yeah, I know Alexa because of, that had, that had such a long and also had such a, like a long play time in theaters. That's crazy. Uh, next, we're talking about there is an amp that, uh, Amazon. They have greenlit a heist film, an Asian American heist film, starring Randall Park and Daniel Day Kim. Throw the throw a little Ali Wong in there. Getting always be my maybe reunion. But <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing about the no no real detail about the plot yet. But uh, it says going to be loosely focused on the reunion of class of high school friends who come together in a nod to classic fun ensemble heist films. So I'm very curious if they're going to actually get like more Asian-American actors to, to do this. I mean, maybe, you think they think they would. Maybe Henry, maybe Henry Golding signs on. <laughs> Who knows? No, I mean, he's like one of the bigger names right now. I don't see why he wouldn't or why they wouldn't try to, you know, obviously reach out. I would want to see Ocean's Eleven with all, well, not like Ocean's Eleven, but like an Ocean's Eleven type heist film, like a crew heist film with all Asians. That'd be fun. It'd be fun. I'd like to see it. But yeah, what do you think of the you know this idea as of right now? These two actors in this movie. Yeah, I mean the premise sounds fun. Anytime that you do a good heist film, I mean, doesn't matter regardless of what you put. You know, even cast. I'll even say Ocean's Eight was fun. You know, with an all female you know led cast. Um, they're fun. They're fun films. You know, if they're thought out right and they're you know they're done done well enough. I think you know Ocean's Eight. I know a lot of people don't really talk about it, but the attention to detail that that movie really did have actually was really good. Did it though? Because um, they kind of spoiled their twist with, with, with before the movie came out. Well, um, well, that's that's not you know I'm saying the actual film. I'm not saying that you know you, you're going to market this thing out and, and have things you know in the previews and stuff. But um, I, I think it was a well well put together heist film. Uh, heist films are always fun. So uh, yeah. I, I I would absolutely watch it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna be looking out, looking out for it too on Amazon whenever it drops. Uh, the last thing we had to talk about, we have some reboots we need to discuss. Uh, oh, I know, can't wait for that. First of which is The Exorcist. The Exorcist is getting rebooted again for 2021. Uh, no, aren't any involvement on it, but uh, look, The Exorcist has been done. Exorcist things have been done a lot over the past over the past several decades, mostly due to this film. Yes, I think everybody had an exorcism. Emily Rose had an exorcism. Exorcism, Emily Rose, Haunting of Molly Hartley. Uh, Haunting yeah, of, Sher- Haunting Haunting of Haunting. Sharon Tate. Like, yeah, like anything. You, you put the, uh, the, um, the, the, devil's, um, the devil inside. I mean, constant, constant possession films. Yeah, uh, the Exorcist itself had sequels. Exorcist 2, The Heretic, Exorcist 3, which is kind of gaining popularity. There's an Exorcist TV show. 
So many, so many Exorcist things. Why is three getting so so much popularity? I don't know. I think people are kind of discovering it, saying it's you know it's better than most people get credit for. I I have I haven't again. watched it yet, so I, I can't say anything. But yeah, I, it's yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, it's being built as a reboot. Uh, it's being built as a reboot, not a sequel or not a remake. So it could there could be some ties to the earlier films. But uh, yeah, are you excited for a uh, you you excited for a reboot of The Exorcist? No. I mean, I, I love horror films. I mean, I'll go see it, obviously. But, again, I mean, you have such classic properties. I, I wish – I just wish we'd stop. wish we'd stop. Well, not yet. No, well, hold on. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, plenty of the actors are still alive. Max von Sydow passed away, but Jason Miller's still around. Jack McGrown's yeah. still around. Lee J. Cobb, Ellen Burstyn, Linda Blair, all of them still around and active and working. So, I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. This could be like the Halloween 2018 of Exorcist movies. <laughs> Exorcist 2021, don't call it. Exorcist. Just, no, just no, just call it The Exorcist again. Yeah. Exorcist. The, the, re, the reboot. <laughs> Exorcist again. Yes. Uh, and the other reboot we're talking about right now, the last show we're talking about today, is there is a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles reboot in the <sighs> works. Man. But here's the interesting part about this. With stars Will Smith and Kevin Hart's. First of all, how expensive is this film that you can lock down these two? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's one thing. Salary on that's gonna be kind of crazy. Yeah, because getting wise, these two guys must not be cheap. No. Uh, but second, but second of all, I look. I would. I first of all, we already kind of saw Planters Zombies remake. It was called Do Day. Came out. Came out like 2011. Oh yeah, uh, but I'm not gonna lie; these two actors kind of get me. Interested. Will Smith especially gets me interested. Kevin Hart, I mean, it's kind of an easy casting, but I don't. I'm not sure how well he fits the candy roll. Not gonna lie. Yeah, because you got to you got to assume Will Smith is gonna be Steve Martin's character, and, and Kevin Hart is gonna be is gonna be John Griffin. Candy's character. Yeah. Unless it was the other way yeah. around. Unless it was the other way around, which I think would might work a little better. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna do that. You, you know, if, I, if you're gonna do this, you know who'd be like really who would who would have been like really good for the John Candy role? Uh, think like a young Dave Chappelle. Okay. He, like, I think I think he would have fit that role like extremely well. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, uh, remake because we, we we did review Planters and Automobiles at some point as a Thanksgiving special last year. You can go check that out. We're both big fans of the movie. Oh, tremendous movie. No, no word on who is being involved with this film yet, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm at least semi-interested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as I hate, especially like movies I really love, uh, you know, yeah, you're. I mean, you can borrow concepts from it. I mean, if it's if they're legit, are they legit doing it? Planes, trains, and automobiles is going to be based on that type of stuff. Not, it's actually going to that, be. That, legit. That's a good question. I'm not sure how. Yeah. How would this work in the modern era? Because. You think about you think about that first movie. Like so many problems could just be solved if one of the characters had a smartphone. Uber, phone. Uber, yeah, or an Uber or a smartphone. You took my cab. Okay, yeah. well, I'll just Uber. Yeah, yeah. They'd have to like really like bend over backwards, like make this premise like at least semi plausible for us to buy. Kind into of what we it. said about yeah, just like how we said about Home Alone. You just get a text message, uh, "Mom, you left me at home." Done. <laughs> Done. Movie over. Have a good day. But we're doing we're the, coming back. <laughs> but we're doing that again too. So yeah. So I mean, I don't know. 
I do think this is I do think this is more plausible than Home Alone is. Oh, absolutely is. But and but both of John Hughes properties both John Hughes properties funny enough, but yeah, I mean I do think that again, the actors get me interested. I wanna see how these I, I do I, I do kinda wanna see how these two work off each other, so th- that's gonna be uh, that that'll be the interest at least for me. Although if you are against this film, I get it because Plain Trade Automobiles is great. It holds up. And and regardless, whether whether or not whether this remake is bad or not, it won't we, we always have the original. Yeah, the original's not going anywhere. No. So that's gonna do it for our news segment, which we now move on to the movie of the week, Showgirls. This is one that you You're were welcome. bizarrely insistent on doing. Do you know what? And and I think it was just the the fact that like I think back in '95 and I think back of the the release of this film. It was the you know first time we had seen a, a you know a wide release of an NC-17 film. And well, yeah, this was I just remember this was the first wide release. This was the first movie. one, yeah. And um, I just remember like the hype on it. You know what I mean? Like you you'd heard about it all the time. Like oh man, like this movie's so bad and raunchy. And like keep in mind, like I'm a, I'm a 13 year old male at the time so it's like yeah you get curious when you hear these types of things you know what i mean obviously so it was one of those ones where i was like you know what i think we need to revisit it and just do a commentary on it because of the fact that i think it just it still has that importance you know what i mean in, in cinema history i mean not as a you know a great film but kind of setting the benchmark for you know uh mainstream uh, nc-17 films to get released yeah, and the, the the formula behind this film was an interesting one because you had uh, you had Joe Joe Ster, Joe Sterhus who was the highest paid screenwriter of the nineties. Like he had he and the highest paid screenwriter who didn't have a whole lot of movies because this, yeah. this this made up his entire nineties. So you had Basic Instinct, Nowhere to Run, Silver, Showgirls, Jade, One Night Stand, Telling Lies in America, a documentary which doesn't. Oh, it's a mockumentary. Was it, was it silver or was it sliver? Oh, that's a silver. I meant silver. I'm sorry. Okay, no, no, no. Because I, because I, I noticed like they were all like pretty much sex themed movies. Because I remember Jade, Jade had you know a bunch of sex and a basic instinct, obviously. So we we saw a common thread here with him in his screenwriting, though. Yeah, like I said, he was the highest paid screenwriter at the time. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven, who had just succeeded at a at a movie like this. With uh, Basic Instinct a few years earlier, which, like you said, this guy also wrote. Yeah. But yeah, it came out, and people did not know what to make of this film. I mean, ob- and, and you know, and obviously, if you listen to our commentary, I mean, it's it's hard to make sense of what it, what they were actually trying to convey. I think it's more kind of what I used a lot. You'll hear me a lot in the commentary: shock value. It's really one of those things where it's like we can do this because we have this rating. We can do whatever we want to do. You know, we have free reign to do pretty much whatever. Yeah, but so let's not waste any more time. Let's let's just try and dive into this. This is Showgirls. So the movie starts off very unceremoniously, I'll say, because it's like a bunch of silence. Just title Showgirls. It's like okay, it's <laughs> not how I thought it was going to start at all, but whatever. As we meet our main character, Nomi. Played by Elizabeth Berkeley. That's right. Saved by the Bell Zone. And yeah, it's very clear that she got her a lot of reacting props from Saved by the Bell because she is not very good in this. No, I mean it's a common, you know, it's a common trip over and over and over again. Again, you know, commentary will tell you everything, but yeah, it's 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 rough. And it, the thing is, like, she has one mode in this. It's just like wicked intensity. 
but she uh-huh. brings oh, that yeah. wicked intensity to literally everything she does. Yeah, like she could probably like literally be eating dinner and make it the most intense thing you've ever seen. Literally, there is a scene where she's eating dinner. And it is she's the most legit, intense yeah. thing you've ever seen. It's like, yeah, it's like you gotta die that down a lot, you know? And I think she doesn't know how to stop. You know what I mean? I think she just on one you know, she's one eighty. She can't die it down, you know what I mean? She's she can't go down to zero. She's she's one eighty the whole time. But yeah, no, she she is dialed up to eleven. The and I'm sure she was directed to do so, and you can see why she would decide to take a role like this because you know what's the what's the one biggest fear of any actor who's like on on a sitcom on a tropey sitcom like that? You don't want to get typecast. So what do you do? You try and find a yeah. role that's so polar opposite that gets you out of that. So and this is polar, polar, polar opposite. Now here are some of the other actors who were considered for this role. Before, or considered it or turned it down. I'm sorry. List of actors who turned this role down before she got it. Uh, Pamela Anderson, who's pretty much kind of the ideal choice. I mean, not ideal because she's not a good actress, but, you know. Still in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. still in the 90s. Like, she's. I guess you pitch this movie, like, your mission thought Pam Anderson, Pam Anderson's going to star in this. Yeah. Uh, Pam, Pamela Anderson, Drew Barrymore, Angelina Jolie, Vanessa Marcel, Jenny McCarthy. Denise Richards and Charlize Theron. All, all of these people turned this down. That's crazy, man. I think Drew Barrymore is like the like the the red hair or like the uh, redheaded stepchild in this one. I, I can't. I see it just because she was kind of big there for that little you know that little eyelash of the nineties, and she kind of disappeared. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think Scream revitalized her obviously in ninety six, and then she went away for a little bit, and then yeah, she would have been interesting. She would have been because um, that's kind of her lifestyle. Like, not not saying like to that extent. Well, not to that extent, but you know what I mean. Like, she was big into the drugs and the party scene, even in like what in the like in the eighties throughout the early nineties. So, I mean, this type of film would kind of you know what I mean. I think same, same thing with like same thing with like Jolie. Like Jolie, like this this was how, kind of how she lived. So would, that would have worked yeah. in her favor. Yeah. But they all turn it down, so Berkeley sets to the plates. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she picked up by this by this dude who just has not, not not let me see your supervisor hair, but I'm gonna fuck you up in the back alley. I'm gonna try to fuck you up in the back alley hair. <laughs> uh, she picks him up. She tries. She's hitchhiking to Vegas, where she's gonna try and make it big. Uh, they go into casino. She wins at a slot machine on her first go, which that's how you know this one. That's how you know this one was fiction. Absolutely, and she cannot replicate that success. Kind of a micro, Anywhere. kind of a metaphor for her career as her career as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she goes. She cannot find the guy who she came in with. So she goes. She looks for it. She the guy drove off, and she has her suitcase, so she has nothing. But then she, <laughs> she starts beating up on a car, and the owner comes out. She starts fighting. She starts fighting her, and it's out of nowhere. She throws up. Yeah, because, like, I don't know if she's so, like, worked up on what was in the suitcase. I imagine just clothes. Yeah, with, with, with um, no, with no yeah. explanation, with no yeah, reason. She has, like a, yeah, like, a PTSD moment. She just starts puking. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> so much emotion is flowing. It's just coming out of, it's coming out of everywhere. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm so amped right now. I'm, I'm, you told me to act. I'm acting. Well, speaking, speaking of amped, this is the scene we're talking about where she's just, like, like the girls whose car she's beating up gets her food. And she's like, 
everything. She's like slams down the basket, picks up the bottle of ketchup, just shakes it as hard as she possibly can. Yeah, it's you look at her. You're like uh, this. A, this girl is acting. A, yeah, <laughs> this girl is definitely <laughs> acting. There's a ton of drinking games. I'm sure you could play with this movie. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you could. But anyways, they become friends. She moves in with this girl, who works at a Vegas-style show showgirl show. And maybe Vegas style. I I look. I'm full of gold. I've never I've never like spent significant time in Vegas. I've only been there on a couple of layovers. But where do you find the giant lava, the giant lava Jurassic Park style shows? I need to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I didn't find it when I was there. Of course, we weren't looking for it. But uh, yeah. Because no kidding, she goes like this. This girl she lives with is she's a makeup artist. Do, do, do you remember her name in this movie? The friend. Oh man. Her I, friend? Yeah, because I, cause I can't remember her name. I couldn't even tell you. Let me see, let me see if I can find this real quick. This is going to drive me crazy. Let me look it up. Let me look it up here. Oh, man. That would have to be her friend. Molly. Wow, she Molly. Like the... Oh, okay. Molly. Like it's a, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So she's she works at like a, as, a, as a makeup artist for this, like, for this, like, sh- like yeah, like I said, a showgirl show. And it is like the weirdest, weirdest possible thing you can imagine because like there's like lava, there's pyrotechnics, there's all the people in like spangly outfits. Like, what kind of show is this? Yeah, it's like it's like a PG thirteen S and M. Yeah, but it's headlined by it's headlined by one of the biggest showgirls in Vegas, Crystal Connors, played by Gina Gershon. She was again was massive in the nineties. Yeah, she was huge. Yeah, she was. She's dating, she dated the program director, played by Kyle McLaughlin, who, who sadly just came off of Twin Peaks. I wishes he was still there. Probably wishes he was still at Twin Peaks. At yeah. least then he could figure out what was going on. And he didn't have a sore crotch. Or we'll he, he had a yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. He had a better he had a better chance of figuring out what was going on in Twin Peaks than he did than whatever <laughs> this was. Absolutely. So she meets Crystal Connors, kind of, kind of, it's kind of rude to her. They're both kind of rude to each other. Yeah, it's totally catfight. Like you get the, you know, the oil and water mix for, between Gershon and Elizabeth Berkeley's character for sure. You're just waiting for the. <laughs> yeah, you're just waiting for claws to come out, man. But then, uh, Nomi and Molly decide to go clubbing, and. Look, we have a history in, of reviewing some awkward club scenes in this film, or, or on this show. Boss. First it was first it was Pluto Nash, then it was Mario Brothers, and now we're here. Boy, and this was with all in like the last ten films we've reviewed. Yeah, because and look, uh, look when you film a, when you film like a, a club a, a club scene or a dance scene where there's talking, a lot of times they'll just do they, they won't have music because you need because you you know you don't want to drown out dialogue. So they have like a like a PA or, or like an AD or something. Like he'll, they'll snap you off, be like, and then he's like, go, and you have to dance, and you have to like do whatever dance moves you want to. Like if you if you want like an example of how this works, uh, look up Army Hammer talking about a dance on Call Me by Your Name, because if you see Call Me by Your Name, it's a great film, but God, Army Hammer cannot dance. No, he cannot. It's the same thing here because I'm not sure what song they thought they were dancing to. Again, it's not the song that they thought it's they were not, dancing to, which it's is not the problem. The song in every they're movie. playing, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's a problem that happens in a lot of films. But anyways, uh, she meets uh, she meets a guy a guy at the club, name goes by the name of I don't remember his name either, James. No one I didn't remember it. So bland. James Smith tries to pick up on her, ends up getting get, ends up getting kneed in the crotch. Uh, because I mean, you you said to, you said to Elizabeth Berkeley, you fi- you fi- you figure that's how you figure that's how it's gonna go. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she assaults him. A fight breaks out. She and but he he is nice enough to bail her out of jail, to which she could not give a rat's ass. Yeah. And I, some of the lines in this film, some of the lines in this film are just they're just so bad. Like, I, like, like one he has after breaks her out because, like, she he breaks her out and he's being, she's being like very, something very aggressive. Like I said, only only mo only real mo she knows how to play in this film. Uh, <laughs> he says the line like, "You're not just a pain in my head and a pain in my dick. You're a pain in my ass." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like wow. Some this this keep in mind this script sold for two million dollars, people. Two million dollars. Uh, but anyway, her friend her friend picks her up, and then she starts to work at this shady, shady strip club. How do you know it's shady? Because it's run by Robert Davi, of all people. And look, the fir- the first thirty minutes of this film, I think we talked about in the commentary, it goes by really fast. Yeah, I mean it does because I think it's the fact that like you're being transported into this, and I think it's the whole. Um, or of this movie being NC-17 and a lot of nudity, a lot of talk about sex and just like a lot of things going on. And then it just, it really, like really starts to slow down there after like the 35 minute mark, 40 minute mark. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, like she works, she works, she works the show cover owned by Robert Davi. We got this new girl who they spend a lot of time on for no real reason. It's really factoring the movie like at, at any significant way at all. Uh-uh. Now you totally could have taken her out of the film. And the film still would have just done what it did anyway, totally not needing her. It also is like this, like one like really big woman who has like this, like, inc- what had to be like an incredibly elaborate dress where like she, like moves her arms back and like her like dress like falls forward. It's really, yeah, like, it's really a, weird. I'm, I'm curious yeah. like they made this like for this film specifically, or can you buy this? Like, what are the logistics yeah. of this? I need to... it makes like the honking noise and her nipples come out. Like. I I, I kind of want to know. I feel like the only thing that's more terrifying than no explanation they can give me is an explanation. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Berkeley's up to the up to the up to the dance floor. She does a very unsanitary thing with with, with the sugar pole. So she just like licks it up and down. Yeah, that would be uh that'd be a no no in, in the world of COVID. In the world of COVID, no, you you got it. <laughs> no, you need to know. You need to hand sanitize that if you plan on licking that. And it's funny if you watch this scene with like isolated audio. There's someone in this in this in this room that shouts out, "I love America!" <laughs> <laughs> because they're like this group. This is a group of Asian businessmen, which were in like every movie in the '90s and '80s, especially in like dance scenes, or like club scenes or whatever. It was like, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, but she she go and she she has her dance. Crystal Connors and her boyfriend are there, and Crystal and Colin McLaughlin are there. But she is now being forced to go out onto the floor and do lap dances, which she does not want to do. Which I mean, doesn't that isn't that kind of like part of the job? 
I mean, I think that would be the kind of the easier part because you're only really dancing for one person as opposed to like showing off for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, that should be. The, but you also don't don't have to touch you don't 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 have to touch anybody on the stage. No, and I mean they have you know. So I maybe, would imagine maybe, maybe that is maybe yeah. that is the easier part. I, I I would yeah I don't know. We also should mention that James is there for some reason somehow. We don't know. We don't Just know how because. he found. We don't know how he found <laughs> out he worked. She worked here. Yeah, because he's a stalker. But anyways, uh, Crystal pays for. She pays for uh, Nomi to give Kyle McLaughlin a lap dance, and much like everything in this movie, it is the most aggressive dance you've probably ever seen. Yeah, hopefully he was wearing a cup. Yeah, hopefully, or else like his dick just snapped in half. Seriously. Him and Johnny Knoxville go to meetings together. They go they go grab coffee. Yes. Well, yeah. At least Johnny well, yeah, Johnny Knoxville at least did it doing what he I mean, obviously like doing this crazy shit that they normally do anyway. Yeah, but like he, he like she is going at him hard. Like incredibly hard. Yeah. Very and, uh super aggressive. And you know, as much as much as we will as we will mock Elizabeth Berkeley's acting in this film, and rightfully so for a lot of it. I will say she does. She bears all in this film. And, but she looks. I mean, but she looks tremendous. Obviously, that's the reason why she, I would imagine that she was even offered the role. That and she obviously was known enough to, you know, what I mean, to be like, oh, that's the girl from Saved by the Bell. I mean, but she looks fantastic in the film, so I can see why. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, she she literally she she takes she takes off all. She bears all. And it's funny during this scene, she does like this thing where it's like she gets on Kyle McLaughlin's lap. And it like goes back and like there's like this like shoulder shake, precursor yeah. for something that happens later in the movie. Yeah, and it's yeah, and then he, uh, Jim from American Pie, is a, yeah, it's like picked the wrong day to wear the black pants. <laughs> uh, hopefully, there's no black light shining on my crotch. It's a Vegas show club. Yes, there always there always is. He's like, oh crap, I'm screwed. I need I need a bathrobe. Yeah. So uh, again, she's really pissed about it, and James, who. How does he keep finding her? Do you have like a tracking device on her? I have no idea. He's just, he is literally a stalker in this whole entire film. He's also really pissed because he, he thinks she had sex with Kyle McLaughlin and Gina Gershon. Just like, first of all, why do you care? Like, yeah, it's, it's like you guys have no chemistry on the screen yet at all. You're not, yeah, you're not, you're not, da- you're not dating. You barely, yeah. kn- you barely know this girl. As far as we know, you barely know this girl. What does and, it matter to you? Uh, and what we see later on, anyway, he has his run of like the mill for like women. So why does he even care about it? Uh, so she decides to go and spend all, spend the money she just earned on a really expensive dress from Versace. Does look does one of my favorite jokes in the movie. We're just like, I got it at Versace. Versace, yeah. <laughs> you can tell she's never had a really nice, nice dress or anything like that, but really makes you wonder how the hell much money did she end up making that night? Well, I think, I think he said they got like $500 from it. Yeah, but that dress Versace should be more than $500 for a dress. Wouldn't it be? Keep in mind. Of course, it was a plain, it was like, it was a plain dress and it's 95. Yeah. Keep in mind. We're talking about, we're talking about 95 money here. Yeah, that's true. It goes, it goes, it goes at least a little farther. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, going to the next night at the club, she uh she gets offered a chance to audition for the show at the Stardust, the vol- the weird volcano show we saw earlier. Yeah. A lot of this has to do with, with Crystal Connors. But anyways, she shows up 
and she's showing and she's she's going for like the skeeziest director. I'm not sure. Like again, we we don't know what exactly someone's going for because the reason he's dismissing a lot of these girls is kind of parody. He's like, like you, your tit, your tits are too big. You, you have too many dance classes. You was just like, what? Yeah, like the girls put the guy dismissed for too many dance classes, especially. It's like, what? Why would you dismiss her? She's probably the better, probably the best dancer. Everyone, anyone here. Seriously, she could like run circles around all these ladies, and it's yeah, she's the one that gets dismissed because too many dance classes makes no sense. But we see how everyone else dance, particularly Berkeley. Just like, I don't know why you're getting any jobs anywhere. Yeah, because she her dance is all one tone. It is. And literally, like, and it's it's funny because the audition period lasts for maybe thirty seconds, if that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's narrowed down from maybe like twenty women to three. And we we get another line that's like, "Yep, that was just said." Where the dude's like, <laughs> the, the guy running the audition is like, "All right, show me your tits." It's like, "Yeah, being that that's that's being a woman on the internet in a nutshell." Yeah, that um, yeah, that wouldn't go over real well right now. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they they keep going, and she ends up being the one to get. Well, first of all, she storms off because, and this is another real kicker. <laughs> it's like your your nipples are pointing too far down. Someone get some ice. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like it's, no, sorry. That's not what he said. He says play. He's like play with him, like like flick him or something. Yeah. And yeah. then it gets some ice. It's like, dude, you you could just yeah. have him turn the AC up. Yeah, just shoot that down like forty-five degrees. We'll be good. That'll get you. The, that'll get you the results you want. That'll get you exactly what you want to go. Yeah, uh, we then find out that uh, we we then find out that something we already knew was the fact that yes, Crystal Connors did in fact get her the audition. I guess I guess getting Kyle McLaughlin to cream his pants was the rite of passage. That, yeah, I mean that was a proof yeah. that she could really hang. <laughs> I guess. We also find out that James works, apparently works at the hotel. What a coincidence. Works at the hotel that she's auditioning at. I mean, out of all the hotels in Vegas, it's just, it's, it's super, it's super convenient that he works at the same one. Yeah. She, and she's talking, she's talking to him and he's like, you don't want to be in that kind of show. And he's just giving her all this advice. But again, it's just like, you don't know this girl. What? He's like, why are you so invested? Like, it's like real. Is she just like really a notch with the belt? But it's like, uh, I don't know. And then he gets fired. And then he gets fired for for, for talking yeah. to us. Like, like oh, you're, you're fired. You know what? Fuck it. I quit. Like, at least take the take the severance package, asshole. Yeah, it's like it's like, dude, uh, you're gonna have to find another job Monday. Yeah. So they go back to his place. We're just like, I had like begging, pleading to get this, and it's like it was a real, it's like crummy, like back alley apartment. Yeah, and I like how he just has pictures of like dance stuff on it, just to make it look like he knows what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, so he's just like, okay, like I'm gonna teach this routine, this routine I'm doing right now. He's going, he's going in, he's doing. I'm not gonna lie, he is a way better dancer than her. Oh well, yeah. Uh, but then we get a scene where like he's, she's trying to do like his lap, these lap dance moves on her. Yeah. And like he, he's he's about to, that the, like they are a little like this close to having sex. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're they're going it and the, he's almost there and she's like, I'm on my period. <laughs> Like, yeah, as his hands are going south. To make that even worse, he goes down to check. Yeah, because she goes, she goes, oh, you don't believe me, check or whatever. And then he literally goes back. That's like, no, what are you doing? It is like, yeah, dude, like, first of all, that's, that's how you get a disease. Second of all, 
if, if a girl just tells me she's on her period, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take her word for it. I'm not gonna go down. I'm not gonna go down like verify. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm gonna go ahead and side with you on this one. If you are or aren't, that's up to you. Yeah, but uh, she, uh, she then leave. But uh, oh, yeah, she's like, I got towels. Yeah, I got towels. You can tell this guy's so desperate. It's like, God, God damn, like all the women in Vegas. Why? Why just this one? And it's just like I love like, like her exit line is like you 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 can you can fuck me when you love me. It's like what? Yeah, I'm like hello. Yeah, some some uh, really questionable one-liners here. It really contradictory with something that happens later in the movie. So she goes in to basically say fuck you, Robert Davi, because she got the job at, at Stardust. She goes to tell she goes to tell James, who finds out that she is in fa- he is in fact <gasps> with one of the women she works with, the new girl. What? What? No way. But now she's really pissed. Just like okay, you basically just told this dude to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's on. And on top of it, like you didn't think this guy had backup like plans or anything like that. Yeah, you, you told you told this dude to fuck off. What? 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 Do, what do you care? <laughs> and honestly, the chemistry between this one scene between these two, most chemistry we see in the entire movie. Yeah. But anyways, uh, she goes. Uh, she goes back to Stardust the next day to start working on. You know, start start working on her stuff for the routine, for the show, Goddess. And this is where we get the, like the good Versace lines. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I do like the fact that no one no one corrects her because not they don't lie. have the heart to really yeah. Because no, I, I I wouldn't correct her either just because it makes me laugh. I'm like yeah, we'll just let this one ride out. Yeah, so she goes she goes into practice. And it's funny, like the, the female choreographer is just like, okay, watch the routine, and go, go, go. They do the routine for maybe like ten seconds. It's like, you got it, okay, then, jump in. Yeah. And she's doing the, yeah, she's doing the routine. And the thing, like you, you point out in the commentary, the choreography for these dances, more or less, are pre- are pretty similar. They are all of them. Like you'll notice, like all the dance moves have like her with her arms, like shooting her arms in front of her, then throwing them up in the air, and then being like aggressive and making hot sounds. Like it's all the same. It, it really is. I do like the one word. It's like thrust, like thrust it, thrust it, thrust it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man. Or she's like, or she's like on the ground, and she's like, what the hell? Yeah, it's like I like to move it, move it. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm I'm also shocked that more. Dancing scenes in this movie are not cut. Are like there are like more compilations of dancing scenes in this movie cut to other songs. Yeah, which would I, I mean, we obviously again to talk about in the commentary. It'd be absolutely hilarious to see some of these, um, some of these different like movies or just just songs in general have that type of, you know, have that cut to that. It'd be hilarious. And in in concordance with this, uh, it would be mo- this is the most eventful first day of all time because not only did she just start today, but she is going on today. I mean, like realistically, this 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 lady would have to have like an IQ of like 190 to like really get all the moves and all this stuff. Like, it, it's it's really it's really mind blowing. Not only that, but a crop of monkeys from from the show, which we never oh, see yes. how they factor in. They no, got, they're just there. They got loose. Yeah, they're 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 out there. And not only that, but. Uh, two of the main stars, or two of the girls who've been there for a while, we saw in the opening scene, they get into a fight over makeup. 
Again, this is the most eventful first day of first days I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, they they go on they go on to the show, and she's a little clumsy, but considering she just starts, she just learned this routine like this morning. She's not doing too bad. Yes. No, I mean she's like like apparently like just queen dancer, man. Even though she's absolutely not, if you see her, if you see her, whatever she does in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but then we go into the second part of the show, which we never we never see this whole show in its entire. We just see bits and pieces of it. But this show is insane, and we'll and we'll <laughs> we'll keep touching on it. But this show is is nuts. Uh, so uh, James tries to go and talk to her. Basically tells her. Basically tells him to fuck off again. And it's the, that's the last we see him for a while. He has one more scene, and then we never see him again. <laughs> in retrospect, it really, makes you really question why he's even in this. Seriously. And we also see that the we also see the growing sexual tension between Nomi and Gina and Crystal, Gina Gershon's character. First of which, uh, we we find out that she has a mass cocaine addiction. Yeah, she's always uh, sniffing cocaine anytime she's every, around. Every scene, she's got something going up her nose. Yep. We also get a really weird conversation about how Crystal Connor used to eat dog food. Yeah, and apparently uh, Nomi, Nomi did, too. did the same exact dog food. I'm like, okay. But, like, why? Uh, I don't know. This is not attractive. It's not because not like dog. It's not like dog food is like cheaper than like actual like actual food. Yeah, it's like just buy like <laughs> ramen noodles or something, man. Yeah, but we, you know, again, another classic line where it's like, where like I think Chris was like I like nice tits and like uh, numbers like I like having nice tits. It's like, sure, okay, that was the thing that was said. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, so they're growing. And she's kind of like taking her. Like Crystal's kind of like taking her under her wing, so they go back. They do this like whole dance flooring thing again. I, someone needs. She doesn't need to do a timer between like how how long does someone take their clothes off? Yeah, there needs to be like a nudity camp, like a nudity countdown in the bottom right. Just like how long has like lapsed since we last saw nudity? And the next thing we find out that this that one of the you know dancing girls is one of the war is maybe one of the worst models we've seen in movies. She's no, she's no Mrs. McAllister, but she brings her kids no. backstage to the show, back like backstage where everyone's getting ready. Where, like everyone's naked, everyone's swearing. It's like, why, why would you bring your kids here? Yeah, not somewhere I would bring uh, a child, but um, that's just me. Especially not young kids. Yeah, and then they wonder. Then she wonders why her daughter grew up to be a stripper. <laughs> her daughter, her daughter, her daughter grew up to have some serious problems. <laughs> Way to go, mom! But then, really, like that's that—that's all we see of that show. Like this, this scene really exists for no reason when you when you really think back on it. Yeah, there's so many cuts that you could totally made this movie like an hour and twenty-five, hour and thirty. That's the thing. This movie is two hours and tw- and twelve minutes. There's no reason for it. None. No, there's really not. Absolutely none. No. Like in the next scene, she's getting she's get working at a at a boat festival or a boat convention. Uh, yeah. She gets encountered by nice. yet another Asian businessman. Again, nineties. They were all the rage. Yeah, and they and they try and buy and you know, buy her for prostitutional services. Yep. Which she which she was not having. 
And Kyle McLaughlin is but not having. But it's crazy that she gets so offensive over it because, like, look what you're doing. Can you really blame these people for wanting to do that or wanting to offer you money for that? Like, do, do you know what I mean? I'm like, you, you're kind of putting yourself out there for that. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, saying, I mean, saying no, but if, I mean, yeah, kind of, but you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I mean, it kind of comes, kind of, it feels like it would be expected with a, with a job like this. Yeah, I mean, it comes with the territory. I think is what you're trying. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's not good, but it's kind of, it's kind of to be expected. It's not good, but it's like Elizabeth Berkeley's character, like Naomi's, like, 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 sh- like, so surprised and like, like, you know what I mean? Again, it's the extreme, you know. You know what else is surprising? The rest of this goddess show. First of all, the ne- we see the next part of this show. It's like this weird, like, Mamma Mia disco fever kind of thing. It's like, what's the, yeah. what, what is the stream of consciousness here? And there's hardly anybody. There's really not a lot of people in the in the audience. Like, really, you don't see too too many people in the audience. We also see how cutthroat apparently the sh- the world of Las Vegas showgirls is because the girl. Okay, this is this is why the other team was in here because the girl who brought her kids to the back to backstage, uh, she drops like diamonds or like marbles or something. Yeah, and she knows somehow exactly where to drop it, where the girl she was fighting with partner is going to be, so she can drop. So she can drop her. Like that's oh, that's yeah. That's like some like cue from Star Trek level shit. Yeah, like this girl's really good at Battleship. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's I hit with, I hit with Battleship or like chess against this girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because uh, she's on point, man. So, the, uh, yeah. the funniest thing about this is like she she falls, she drops, she's hurt, and everyone else just keeps dancing. We're and, like we were laughing about this obviously in the commentary, but like a sporting event. Like they hurry up and they cart the injured person off before they resume, not finish. It's like keep on, keep on dancing, girls, keep on dancing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's she's she, but you know, Nomi does see it, but she doesn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, after that, Robert Davi's character comes back. You know, t- you know, talking about you know, just you know, just seeing how she's doing, and this is where we get maybe the weirdest, most most like out of nowhere just like skin crawling line yeah. where it's just like <laughs> like Robert Davi before he leaves he just says you know I must be worried not, ha- not having anybody come on you it's like what? <laughs> it's like what did I just hear that? it's just like yeah like like, like, play, like play that back yeah <laughs> I gotta verify that it, that is indeed what I just saw yeah it was complete again a lot of this movie is just like random one liners that are like have no business being put in there yeah but anyway we, we have more awkwardness to get to get through than just to, to harp on that for too long <laughs> like for example uh Kyle McLaughlin picks up Nomi's character it's funny I keep saying Kyle McLaughlin I, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna bother looking up his character's name yeah, it's just Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. He picks up Elizabeth Berkeley, takes him back, takes takes him back to her house or to his oh house. Boy. We get we get my, my my favorite bad line of this film, where he's cracking open a bottle and just like, there there are tons there are tons of different kinds of champagne, but I always stick with champagne. <laughs> just like, yep. With a straight with a straight like props to Kyle McLaughlin. He sold he sold that line. Words to live by. Just, just straight face. Just <laughs> there are tons of different kinds of champagne, but I always stick with champagne. <laughs> And then you have like Denzel Washington go, my man, <laughs> my, my man, my man. I do wonder how many t- how, how many takes did that did that 
how many takes did he have to do before he could do it without laughing? I have no idea. Hopefully less takes than, than the pool scene. Which we're getting to right now because Elizabeth, uh, Naomi goes out to the pool, which we, we both admit is a nice pool. Like, it is a very nice pool. Oh, it's a beautiful pool. Uh, they're going out and, the, and they, they, decide, they decide to have sex. Maybe. Because you look at how they're doing it. This is the most illogical sex scene until The Room in 2003. Yeah, she's up like belly button area. Yeah, she uh, she's first of all, it's it's like Kamel is having sex with like a really aggressive fish. Yeah, and speaking of possession uh, films, uh, this is another one where she's possessed for <laughs> just a short while. It here. looks like she's being exercised, honestly. And it, it looks like somebody threw like a like a, a toaster into the pool or something like that. <laughs> And she's just like twitching. I'm like, oh my lord! Yeah, like this the, cannot be co- this cannot be comfortable. The biology of this doesn't work. The positioning of no. this doesn't work. Like nothing no. about this scene works. No, and yeah, there's just no. I'm just gonna say no, no way on all that stuff. Yes, no, no, no to all of this. Like, yeah, like, this result in one of two things. Okay, there, there are three conclusions we can come to. One, we can come to this with, with what we're given. A. Naomi's about to get a massive yeast infection. B, Cal yeah, yeah. McLaughlin's dick is on his stomach, or C, his dick just snapped off in the middle. Or he does not have one. Or he doesn't have it. Or he just he put a strap one on. I don't know. You tell me. You, 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 you tell us. How, how did this sex scene work? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, she, she goes back the next day, and they are auditioning for a new lead of the show, trying to put Crystal Connors out. And this is where tensions arise between Naomi and Crystal. And this is the only semblance of plot we have an hour and 30 minutes into this this two-hour movie. Yeah. Because really, like, like, when you break it down, not a whole lot happens in this movie. No, like, you literally could explain this film in probably a paragraph. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe a paragraph. Like, girl goes, well, girl, yeah, girl hitchhikes, girl yeah. hitchhikes. Yeah, maybe, maybe two paragraphs. <laughs> really but I mean, you you get the whole gist of the of the film from the two paragraphs, though, for sure. So she gets in. She's she's frowned, she's frowned upon because you know it's seen as the fact that she slept to the role, which you know, she probably did. I mean, yeah, I mean, Lord knows she didn't get there on her dancing talent. No. Uh, you know, she, she, uh, Crystal Connors goes goes to talk shit, and she goes to see. We forgot to mention earlier, like Jane's working on this like new dance routine, and she says it's gonna be. He says it's gonna be like this, this like really great new thing. Yeah. But she goes to the club where they're doing it, and they're getting like and they're getting like booed. Yeah, it's not good. So she literally left the sinking ship. But um, this this yeah. also like why, why would you do it here? Yeah, it's like it's, it doesn't match the what you're trying to go for. You don't do that at that type of venue. This is this is also like yeah this this this, this is like so the wrong venue to try and do this. No, that'd be like like an open mic type thing or like you know what I mean like an open like to show off like different dance moves and stuff like that because it was more it was like more tasteful uh, dance. Um, I mean I, I surely wouldn't have you you don't you don't debut it there. Yeah, well and anyway and this is the last we see of James throughout this entire movie. Yeah, he's done after this. He's so scarred. <laughs> oh, but it turns but it turns out the next day at, at Stardust, uh Nomi has been removed from the lead 
Why? Because Crystal Connors brought lawyers into it. And because she's a much bigger draw, which I don't know what that means. I mean, there are tons of showgirls. Why is this one so important? She, yeah. She cannot be fired. And they show off in the next part, next and last part of the show we see, which is like this weird, like, motorcycle S&M dominatrix hellscape. Yeah, really, like, I felt like we were, like, in a Motley Crue music video for a second. It, 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 this might have been a Motley Crue music video idea, but even they would have rejected Wouldn't this. be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're like going, they're like going at each other, like while in the style of dancing. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, super weird for sure. It is. It is extremely weird. But now this is the part where Naomi's character gets like weirdly murderous <laughs> because they're going back to change for the next part of the show, and she pushes Crystal Gunner down some steps, down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, the the only person that sees her is the girl who she saw sabotage the other girl. I know this is very vague, but trust me, if you watch me, you know you know what I'm talking about. The the, yeah. the white the white dreadlocks chick. Yeah. Uh, she yeah uh, she sees that she's carted away. Although I thought although completely contradicts earlier because we were told earlier that if someone falls, you, you keep going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. And it turns out Crystal has a compound fracture on her hip, which just like, no. There's no way. From where she fell and how she fell. First off, she fell and like there was people in front of her, though. Yeah, there are people in front of her like, and she fell like she fell like she rolled down the stairs. Yeah, there would have been cushion like as she was fl- like going downstairs. But uh, yeah, no compound fracture in the hip. Unless she has like that Mr. Glass. Unless she has Mr. Glass disease. This, is, this isn't working. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's friends with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. But considering, but considering that she's at a commission, it now means that Nomi is the lead of Goddess, and she's apparently a big hit, selling, uh, entertaining a comparatively very small crowd. Yeah, <laughs> the crowd looks way smaller when you actually see it. No, it really does, and that's the thing why I think it's so funny because they make it sound like this Goddess show is like. You know the next, you know, revolution in Vegas, and there's really not a lot of people there actually watching it. No, not no, not at all. But we, but you know, they said they decided to celebrate her anyways. Literally, they have like a giant party. They have like a like a like a fireworks sign, like Naomi, like Naomi Woods, goddess. Yeah, it's like she did. She, she did one show. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, they think she's like Sinatra now. Or no, something. no, no, Malone, not not Naomi Woods. My bad. Naomi Malone, goddess. Yeah, it's like, calm down. You did one show. Yeah, you have to have a residency like Sinatra or like Wayne Newton or Copperfield or something like that to get that kind of recognition. And now White Dreadlocks is going to be her understudy. But and and coming next to the party, the next big guest, the Stardust's biggest entertainer, Andrew Clark, Andrew Carver. Why does Andrew Clark? Andrew Carver. Andrew C. Doesn't really matter. Andrew C. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. Uh, he who, looks like a dickhead. Who, he has he has like a dickhead. We find out he is a dickhead yeah. because he goes off with her oh, friend yeah. Molly, who is a big fan of the guy. Yeah, and he uses that to pretty much his avail here. And yeah, we, we then get like this like really like visceral like uncomfortable scene like right the fuck out of nowhere. Which yeah, it, it, it's a it's an intense scene where like yeah they're like. All of a sudden, like he's like like they're raping her. Like he's pretty much like ripping her clothes off and having his like his cronies like rape her and stuff. 
And it's so out of place. Like, even we'll talk about that on the commentary. It's where it's like, you didn't need to put this in the film at all, really. Didn't need to be in it at all. Or if, or, or if you did, like, like, like here's, your, here's your fucking movie, man. Like, I, have it be, like, you know, like, a, a showgirl trying to, like, get re- like get revenge. Or, like, you know, going on, like, on, like, a revenge, like, killing spree of all the assholes in Vegas. Like, I'd watch that. Or you could, or you could do it like an implied like rape. You know what I mean? Like, whereas like that he was trying to kiss her. Oh my god, she didn't want to or whatever, and then he like slapped her, and then it then it just like kind of goes. You know what I mean? It goes like it goes to the next scene. Where yeah. All of a sudden, you kind of just imply that that's what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of a sudden, it gets like really graphic and really brutal out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, and then again, it, it was like completely out of place. Yeah, but so uh, she ends up going to the hospital, and then we tried to call the cops on a payphone that she does not put money into. Now, let it be known, I did point this out. Uh, there was no money exchange in here, okay? So she's putting, she's drinking the empty cup of coffee. She's drinking the em- that, em- em- empty, uh, cup, that, empty cup of coffee, empty cup of hot cocoa that Kirk Cam is drinking. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. See, so we know what you're trying to do here, and you're not going to fool us. We're going to call you out on it. Yeah, Kamala Khan doesn't want to do that because she has a detailed dossier about Nomi. We find out that her mother and father died in a murder-suicide. She ran away from a foster home. And then, since then, she's been arrested for a lot of things. Uh, soliciting, uh, drug possession, yeah. prostitution. But uh, again, it's not it's nothing where it's like, oh my God. You know what I mean? She's leaving to better herself or just put herself in a better situation financially for her. You know what I mean? So, I mean, because we haven't seen her do any. But it kind of contradicts it because we haven't seen her do any drugs. You yeah, know what I mean? we, we, never, we never see her do drugs, but at the same time, it's like it's, they don't say anything that we probably couldn't already infer. It's just like the thing they're just saying it out loud. But, yeah, I know, but I mean, she really showed that she was more clean than anybody else around. Where you know what I mean? I mean, from the film, if you really want to go there, you know. Yeah, but anyways, uh, she uh, McLaughlin made it tell her like, "Hey, you look, we can, we can't have our biggest headliner be smeared like this." I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. Uh, you're going to be quiet, or else all this is going to leak, and your career is done. Which I don't know why this is so specific to her. I mean, I'm assuming every girl in Vegas has a career has has a background like this. Although this is probably a thing a you want to keep quiet. Rap, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I will I'll give them the benefit of yeah. that. This is probably a thing you want to keep quiet. Yeah. So she decides to take matters into her own hands, because so she goes down to the the place where uh, a Andrew C is staying. Posing as a prostitute. He, he at no point questions any of this because, like, I didn't order a prostitute, but whatever, you're here. <laughs> Let's do this. I'm Andrew. I'm Andrew C., man. I got this. I got this. <laughs> I'm, I'm swimming in bitches. <laughs> this is a normal day for me. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so she goes in, she takes, her, she takes her clothes off right as they're about to do it. She pulls a knife on him and then just proceeds to beat the ever living shit out of him. <laughs> It's like, where did you learn these like matrix, like matrix uh, martial arts? Is? Yeah, and and just like everything in this film, she beats him up with a hundred and ten percent of effort. Which is, I mean, which again, I get why she's beating him up, but it's like, like Chance and I were talking about, like those aren't even the two guys that really were responsible for the more the brutality of the. Of the uh, you know the abuse, so it's it's yeah. kind of like yeah. She's, you, she's, you got she's let those other two. She's let those other two go scot free. And that's the thing that kind of sucks because like you know that like yeah the Andrew character yeah kind of set it up, but it's like these other two actually partook and actually did you know did the majority of it. So yeah, they did they did, they did the thing. 
They did the thing, yeah. But no, she lets she lets him go. She 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 got the important one. Yeah. So she decides to go see Crystal in the hospital. And you know she she's, she's a little sour because she took her job and she her career as a showgirl is probably ending soon, but she's not super upset about it because I mean she knows she pushed down the stairs. Why? Because she apparently did something very similar a few years ago, and that's what got her the lead in Goddess. And she's like, there's always young, it's always always someone younger, always someone hungrier, and I do I will give this movie there's very little credit. I will say this yeah. is actually like really. It, they do try to they do try to insert some clever commentary in here. You know, it's like you know, at one at one time you'd be at the top of the world, and the next day you're you're right at the bottom. No one cares. But it's like that in every aspect of life, not just dancing. You know what I mean? It's right in anything. I'm, and, and which I get, you know, and kind of what you said. Yeah, I mean, kudos for them to to draw that in there because it does make sense. You kind of do feel for um, you know, you kind of feel for Gina Gershon's character because you kind of understand. While you know, she used to be. The big fish in the sea here. Now she's just like yesterday's news. You know what I mean? She's just a minnow. Yep, just a minnow. Uh, but yeah, you know they reconcile. Like, hey, we're good. And uh, <laughs> uh, Nomi decides to leave Vegas, uh, head off to L.A. She has to, to hitchhike again. But oh, <laughs> what a coincidence! She gets in the what truck of the same guy that picked her up in the at the beginning of the film. And the funny thing is, he had no idea who the hell she was. He had no idea, and it, cl- and it means he clearly hasn't learned a lesson. Yeah, or like you pick up that many people, like you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, he picks he picks her up. He's like, I want my goddamn suitcase. Holds the knife up, and we basically end this movie the same way it began, with Crystal hitchhiking yeah. with this guy. We find out that she already has a billboard, which is crazy because, like we said, she only played she only did one show of Goddess. Yeah, it was so great that it warranted a billboard. <laughs> and yeah, that's where the movie ends. Because yeah, where else, where else are you gonna end this thing? <laughs> because yeah, showgirls. <laughs> showgirls. Yeah, I mean, two hours and twelve minutes. Showgirls. Why not? And that's the end of the movie. So this is a very weird, confusing trip we just went on. It is. It really is. Um, but I think, like I said. And I like like I like we talked about in commentary and obviously at the beginning of the review. It was just one of those ones where, you know, it, it's it's there. You know, it's twenty five years old this year, and it like I said, it's important in a way that in the fact that it, it was the first mainstream NC seventeen movie, um, and we saw we started to see other NC seventeen movies follow thereafter. Obviously, um, it, and I just think it has its its place. I mean, it's it's far from a it's far from a, a, a feasible film. Um, but I still think it's important enough just to kind of talk about, just kind of go over some of the stuff from it. So yeah. I mean, look, I this movie was panned at the time, and you can see why. But it's gone. But it's oh, gone like a massive, massive cult following, and I can see why. Like Claudia Dolph, who's, yeah. who's a friend of mine on, on my Faction Corruption, this showdown, she absolutely loves this film. And yeah, yeah. If you, if you do, I I honestly understand because it, it is just like weird and possibly brilliant. There's, there's a whole lot you could decide with this film. And if but you do, I'm not going to judge you for yeah. it. It's called Ask. And like like you and I were talking about it, if they ever do a midnight showing around here to go see it, I'll, I'll absolutely go see it. Oh, yeah. I would totally go see this at a midnight showing because I think it would be, be fun. Absolutely. I think it would be fun as hell. Uh, but, I think so, too. Yeah. In a weird way, we do kind of recommend this. Like you said, we're putting out a commentary in a few days that you can watch. It's on HBO. You can check it out. Uh, but watch along with us. But <laughs> Yeah, that's Showgirls. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting movie, but hey. 
What do you expect? <laughs> we we went there. We went we there. We did it. Uh, that's gonna do it for us, uh, Russell. You wanna you wanna give a plug before we head out? Yeah, find us on Facebook. Notorious by Chance is a group. Go ahead and get involved there. We'll put the polls up again starting next week. I don't know what we're doing yet, but we're going to put polls up. And then you can also find us on Notorious by Chance on YouTube, which we're going to get back into. I know we keep saying it. We're really beating a dead horse here and not doing it, but we will get back into it, especially with, obviously, uh, movie theaters starting to open up here a little bit around the uh, country here we're, we're probably gonna have things to talk about so we'll try to we'll, jump we'll, back we'll, 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 t- we'll tell you what we will we will start reviewing again when we can see tenant that's when that's when we'll review yeah when we see tenant you'll get you'll get content done. exactly done perfect uh that's that, 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 that that's why we haven't done any reviews yet because we're holding out for tenant the, the important one yeah we're just we're just like christopher nolan we're, hey. we're waiting <laughs> And you can find me at Twitter, Instagram, and Chance Wars underscore 91. Check out the Schmodown where I compete. The, the singles tournament is on their way. And this Friday, live, Schmodown Throwdown, me and my partner, Mike Kalinowski, are taking on the Founding Fathers for the team titles yet again. It's going to be a great match. Uh, be sure to get your if you're a $10 patron. You get that for free already. But if you don't, you can buy tickets to that at theschmodownlive.com. Uh, be sure to do that because it's going to be a really great show. Undercard of that is Who's the Boss versus Shazam. And yeah, that's going to do it for us. Like I said, we don't know what our next topic is going to be, but we do have an awesome, awesome slate lined up for September. It's going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss it. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, that's going to do it for us. We will see you next week.